welcome to Mommy with Mama Sal's Bad Words. Thanks for listening. See you next time. I, I did it. Good job. Finding the right jeans is hard. Accepting your jeans is even harder. Whether you wear boyfriend or bootcut, high-rise or low-rise, this podcast will teach you to love the jeans you are in. I'm Rachel. And I'm Tina. And we're going to use modern research to bust diet myths and get real about body after baby. We're going to take you on a journey of unpacking your old beliefs about food and weight so you can learn to nourish your body and raise body-confident kids. So put your booty in a chair and let's talk mom jeans. Welcome to season four of Mom Jeans. This season is called the Bite Size Education Series, where we give you quick bits of science and psychoeducation to help you in your journey towards body respect. This season, we will be answering your listener questions and interviewing amazing experts to expand your knowledge. So get ready for easily digestible, pun intended, pieces of education in podcast form. You are tuning in to part two of this week's episode series on postpartum depression. In part one, we discussed the many signs and symptoms of postpartum depression and anxiety and even shared a little bit of our own story. So go check that out. And today we are welcoming guest speaker Stephanie Asher. You may know her from Instagram at Self Love Legacy who will be sharing her story and also giving some amazing tips, tricks, and resources to you listeners. So before we dive in, Stephanie Asher has lived through three decades of sexual abuse from multiple family members, a lifelong battle with chronic depression, PTSD, night terrors, body dysmorphia, and she had to abruptly walk away from her entire immediate family to protect herself and her future children. She has even been hospitalized for suicide. She's now on a mission to share her story and let others know that there is healing and thriving after trauma. We're super excited to share this episode with you all, so let's get to it. All right, today we are welcoming Stephanie Asher. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so very much for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you guys. So if you could just start us off with one of the intro questions of who are you and what makes you passionate about helping parents learn more about this topic. Yes. So my name is Stephanie Asher. That's not my given name. I changed it after multiple decades of sexual abuse from family members. I was raped in high school, body dysmorphia, chronic depression since the time I was probably early middle school and night terrors, all the things that come with it. And when I got to the other side of healing, I realized, oh my gosh, this is actually feasible. How can I share this with others? How can I help others get to the place where they realize there is life after trauma? So that's my mission. And I'm just so excited to help and share and just let everybody know that they're not alone. Thanks for the vulnerability. I'm like, Right off body. That, we love it. I just felt all that. Yeah, I'm like, Ooh, goodness. Yes, thank yeah. you. Thanks for being here, and thanks for yes, of course, spreading the love to our listeners. I feel like this is such a important topic to dive into. Um, 
I feel like I'm going to try not to cry in this episode, but I might because for me personally, it's like I I am pregnant and um, my first pregnancy, I feel like I went through postpartum depression or anxiety and didn't have the resources to or just the knowledge of what that was like. And so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of dive into this deeper and really to just spread that awareness to listeners out there. So thank you. Yeah, and I will also, I might cry also, because even just at the listener question, I got like teary-eyed, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I feel it in my soul. So yeah. it's an important topic for sure that needs to be addressed, and it yeah. could be emotional. Yeah. Emotions are okay. <laughs> they sure are. Well, obviously, support for yourself, support from others, learning what self-care and self-love even looks like is absolutely necessary to heal through this parenting journey, especially if there's postpartum depression or anxiety or just just having children we all need so much self-care in order to stay mentally healthy so I'm curious kind of where you want to start as far as sharing what you've learned or how can a parent spot if they're experiencing some postpartum or depression versus just being tired or burnt out what does self-love look like what can you share with our listeners kind of just your process and what what you feel like they might need to learn yes so first and foremost I definitely um suggest everybody listening to this episode to go to mom june's website which is going to be linked and download the two pdfs one is your safety plan and the whole purpose of a safety plan is if you are feeling low or you've had any self-harm or suicidal thoughts in the last two years i would download that fill it out and fill it out honestly it'll ask you what makes you feel safe how what makes you happy what are your signs that you're getting too, too deep and too depressed? So when you are at that place where you are noticing you're there, you're already self-aware of it and you already have a plan in place to make sure that you get to a safety, you get to the help that you deserve. So that's the first one. And then the second download is if you are depressed, it might be a little obnoxious because it's like rainbows and sunshine. Um, But that is your five types of self-care. Most people think that self-care is bubble baths and face mask, and it is so much deeper than that. So be sure to fill that out as well. So you have a idea of what actually feeds your soul, what fills your cup. So those are the first two downloads that I suggest getting. And then when it comes to figuring out what is postpartum depression slash anxiety and what is new mom life, that is a little tricky. You also can feel this stuff when you're pregnant and that's not talked about. So if you are feeling low emotions, low energy, a disconnect, that's normal. I wanted to give you permission and acceptance that you're not alone in that. That is totally part of it sometimes as well. So if you are experiencing that, you're not alone. There are ways to go about it. So we're going to go into kind of a little list and we'll break it down between how to tell if it's postpartum and how to know if it's just a regular mom life. So if you are feeling consistently sad, every day you are crying consistently, you cannot stop crying. You don't know why that if you are, if it is lasting longer than two weeks, that is a great indicator that is postpartum depression. But if you are crying because your kid can't go to sleep, you're just so tired and you cry one big spout once a day over a span of three days, 
it might just be overwhelm. Wow, how validating. I'm like, oh my gosh, I do that all the time. I know. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm crying. But it's only because it's like, why are you yelling at me, Henry, yes. for no reason? But then I'm like, yes. okay, I feel better, you know, after yes. just crying. But as someone but as someone who's experienced postpartum depression, I would just weep for no reason while driving my kids to school every single day for weeks on end. And so I 100% when you said that, I was like, raise my hand. Why am I crying? My kids are looking me in the rearview mirror, like scared. It was so, so overwhelming and scary. And that was absolutely a sign that I went, wait a second, this is actually not just normal mom exhaustion. And it's so hard to tell because it's kind of a stigma of, well, you're a mom, it's gonna be hard. There's no clarity of, what is postpartum and what is overwhelm and it's such a gray topic that is not talked about enough yeah i love this list all right keep going perfect so the second one is you are unable to enjoy life and or your baby there is this fantasy out there that you are pregnant and you just have this amazing bond with your baby or you give birth and you are so deeply in love well the truth of the matter is not everybody falls in love at first sight right? Thank you for saying spouse, that. You're like, oh, he's okay. But <laughs> some people grow into love. And this is the same with a kid. Sometimes you have to find that connection, find that bond. And it might take months to get there. It might take finding yourself to be able to get to that place of vulnerability, to have that connection with your kid. All okay. When it comes to the point where you are feeling truly disconnected from life and you're just numb, you are empty and you have no feelings of love towards yourself, towards your spouse, towards your dog, anything that previously made you happy. If you have a disconnect from that, that is where you should be looking at postpartum depression and the severity of that and how dangerous that can also be for not only yourself, but other people around you. Um, Low energy and fatigue. That is on the list for postpartum depression. So hard. Yes, I'm all. Uh, I averaged three hours of sleep right. for the first seven months. <laughs> My friend right? tracked it. I'm all. Yeah, I think all new parents have low energy and fatigue. So that one also is, you can kind of gauge, is this, is this real to the point where some sleep makes me feel a little bit energized or is it a constant do you feel low energy after you eat, before you eat, after you get some sleep? Kind of take an evaluation. Um, sleep problems also make me laugh on the list of postpartum depression. Because, yeah, we have sleep problems. Our baby's not sleeping. Or they sleep for 15 minutes. Like So that one is an interesting one. If you are having a hard time falling asleep because you're scared that your kid is you're just so anxious that you're scared that your kid's gonna roll out of the crib, suffocate, all of these fears that physically do not allow you to sleep. Or on the flip side, you wanna sleep all day long, you are struggling to stay awake, you are struggling to function because all you can physically do is sleep. That is also the gauge of, it's one extreme or the other. Happy medium, mom life. Extremes, postpartum depression. Um, lack of appetite. So 
when it comes to food, sometimes we just forget to eat. Life is busy. We're just happy that we fed the kid. It's a win. We're moving on, right? But sometimes you can go days without eating and not noticing with the extreme of postpartum depression. Or you can also do the opposite of eating is the only thing that makes you feel any type of emotion. So if it's an extreme, that's where we really need to be looking at postpartum depression. And I want to do a disclaimer real quick. This is not, I have all of these symptoms. Of course, I have postpartum depression. This could be, I have two of these and they're severe. And in you personally, that is something to look at. It is not every single mom with postpartum depression experiences the exact same symptoms. Extremes of them are also, they vary. So go with your gut, go with what feels right. If you are listening to this and you feel, oh my gosh, I think she's talking to me. I think I have postpartum depression. Follow up with that. Follow up with a doctor. Follow up with family members, whoever your support system is. But if you feel any connection with these extremes, whether it's small amounts of this list or a big amount, make sure that you are looking into getting support. Um, the next one is becoming withdrawn. You don't want to literally do anything. Things that make you happy, basic life things. So new mom life, there are multiple months. I couldn't even tell you how many times I showered. Like, no idea. That's, I think maybe that was me, but that, that to me was no, a normal please. mom. I'm still struggling. Yeah. I'm like, Henry, we're going to get in the bath together because this is the only way that I'm bathing. Okay? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So like, I think everybody's like, oh, just bring your baby in or take a shower when they're sleeping. But, and I had the anxiety of, well, he sleeps for 15 minutes. Am I going to, am I like the phantom crying? Oh gosh. Like it's so overwhelming and it's hard to function. But when you are not functioning versus we're slightly functioning, I think that's where the difference comes in. Um, of course, any thoughts of suicide, self-harm, um, and or harming your child. Those are very extreme. Those are an immediate, we need to be reaching out to mental health professionals. You can even kind of call your gynecologist, let them know what is going on, get moving in the right direction to make sure that you are safe and that your baby's safe. Um, the guilt trip, right? Everybody has it. The mom guilty about being pregnant. You didn't take whatever you were supposed to take or whatever, right? The, there is mom guilt. There's guilt involved, which is so silly, but it is what it is. But if you are feeling guilty and you're feeling that you're not doing enough as like for two weeks, you're like, I just am not enough for my kid. My kid would be better without me. If those feelings are hitting your soul, that is postpartum depression. And that is something serious that needs to be addressed. You deserve that support and that validation to know that you're not alone, that it is not you, you are not broken. It is just a chemical imbalance that can totally be fixed. So I just wanted to let you know, and fixed is a weird word that I just said right there, that one slipped, but there's medication, there is support, there are ways to help you process, get better and feel support. Um, feelings of confused, scared, angry, deep sadness within your soul. 
any of those are registering on your radar as extremes. Be sure to check, uh, keep an eye on those. And if you cannot concentrate, can't focus, can't remember, obviously mom life, if you are leaving your coffee in the microwave six times a day and that's your only symptom, I think you're okay. I think that's just normal mom life. But if you are physically not functioning within your day because you cannot remember the next step, you cannot concentrate on what you are doing for periods of time for short periods of time over the long period of time. So if you're struggling with, I walk into the next room and what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? And you do that all day long, check that out. Look into postpartum depression, ask for help. So that kind of concludes my list. And my number one advice is if you are feeling that you are on the postpartum spectrum, ask for help. Therapy is a godsend. Therapy is one of my absolute favorite things. That's my number one hobby in life is I just love therapy so much. Um, and there's also medication. There is nothing wrong with taking medication. There's nothing wrong with accepting the help. And at the end of the day, your kid, your family, your spouse, your friends, they don't care if you are taking medication. They just care that you're okay. They are okay that you're, they just want to know that you're happy. They want to make sure that you are around. So if it, that, that means medication, heck yes, get on some medication, live your life a little bit and take that control back and know that you are worthy of feeling love and feeling that you're existing in your life and that you matter in your life. I love that you're kind of trying to break that stigma. And as a therapist, I sought out therapy and medication in order to help me get through my severe postpartum. So I 100% am on board with getting as many resources as possible and as much support as possible. So yeah, like as a person who's not a therapist, but in the field, I felt like going into my last pregnancy and birth, I was well prepared. Like I felt that way. I felt like I had a solid support system. I set up the postpartum time period to have lots and lots and lots of help. But what I didn't recognize is that that help actually was overwhelming because like we literally had visitors in our house for probably a year straight. And I didn't realize that it was happening, that the postpartum, I don't know if it was depression or anxiety, it came out as anger for me. I was a very angry person. I was scared to leave the house. I did not like my child, like in the beginning. Um, I didn't think he liked me and, and I didn't realize what was happening. And the vibe was everyone just felt like Tina's being really mean. And still to this day, it's something that is still brought up, which is it feels rather shaming because I'm still trying to like work through that. And I feel like I've tried to heal that. And like, I didn't realize it was happening, but I felt like at the time it's like, OK, we I'm utilizing friends, I'm utilizing family. I went to a like mommy and me support group and it just didn't feel like it was helping. <clears throat> And that, all of that is privilege, right? And so I guess I'm wondering what support you would recommend maybe for those that have 
tried those things and it hasn't worked or just don't have access to that. Maybe, yeah, therapy is expensive. Support groups, they might not be able to go. What if they're a single parent and they're back to work and they can't afford to take time off or there isn't a group that's available or they can't afford a babysitter? Like to me, there's all these barriers. What do you suggest as far as like feasible resources? Yes. So I'm also a single mom. I was a single mom since I was pregnant. So I understand the lack of support. So my number one resource that I used um, postpartum was I found a gym and you're probably like, hell no, I'm about to go to the gym, but stick with me. Um, I found a gym that took a six week old and in my gym bag, I packed a blanket and a pillow And I went when there was no yoga class, I snuck into the yoga room, checked my kid in, snuck into the yoga room and took a nap for two hours or cried in the corner for two hours. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. I'm like, I just needed time to me. And like, there's something about like my kids sleeping and I'm in a different room crying that feels very different versus I know he's being taken care of. I can just be me at the moment. And for anger... Um, I've talked to a lot of uh, my followers about this is there's a lot of anger that comes up with being a mother and the postpartum and there is the anger is not talked about. And for them, the number one thing I would say is go in your car and scream, let it out. The more you hold in that anger, the more it's sitting inside you, like set it free, get it out of your body, however you need to. If you have to take a pillow in your car and you're sitting in the back seat and you're freaking just wailing on it, do it. Whatever you need to release whatever is inside of you. And if you're having anxiety and you are struggling to get out of the house, two little steps. I can walk three houses up with my kid in my arms or in the stroller. You're getting vitamin D in the sun. You're taking little steps to build your confidence. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to do a day trip to the zoo. Be realistic. And I think that's where a lot of the resources aren't accurate. Um, Facebook groups are also a good resource. Um, And I know you're probably like Facebook groups, but there are really positive mom groups out there. There are some really negative ones. So just cut those real fast. You can get on and look at conversations when it's right for you time-wise. It doesn't have to be on their schedule. If you're a single parent and you're missing girls night every time, have your girlfriends come over to your house. It doesn't have to, like you can say, I don't I can't afford a babysitter. That's not feasible for me, but you guys all have one. Bring it on down. Or my favorite resource, which I struggle to use, I need help. Those words. If that is calling a friend and saying, I need help. I need someone to tell me it is okay. I need help with the dishes. I need help to know how bad I smell. Whatever it is that you need, right? Because sometimes you get like so stinky, you don't even smell it anymore. Like, Whatever it is for you, some people need the honest truth. Some people need sugarcoating. Whatever it is, ask for that help. Physical helps, emotional support. And if you go through the checklist of the five types of self-care, there are physical, emotional, spiritual work, which is 
does play a part in this one and psychological. So for me personally, my biggest resource is learning. Learning fills my cup. So I was Googling how to teach my kids sign language, how to shower with a newborn, whatever I could do to learn that was filling my cup. It was taking the focus off of what I'm struggling with and I could actively put into something else. But I knew that before I went into being a mom. So I already had that plan kind of in place, if that makes sense. Um, meditation is also free. If you pray or you're a meditator, if that is a minute, like a self-guided YouTube meditation, take it. Just sit and just try to relax your body. Give yourself permission to take that mental and physical break. And it's hard as a mom. It's hard. Yeah. I think the vibe that I'm getting from all this is like, look, parenthood is really just hard. Like, especially I'm coming from the angle of like my husband travels for a living and works in the film industry and is even in town right now. And I haven't seen him for five days. Right. It's like he's working in town, but I don't know he's here. Right. So he's not actually helpful. So really, I'm like a single parent which I signed up for that, quote unquote. Um, but I think it's like, it's okay to be tired. It's okay to be frustrated. Like parenting is really hard. It doesn't mean that we can't have feelings about it. We can't struggle. Um, but I think it's really like, if you're just unsure or you feel like you're losing yourself, it doesn't hurt to just talk to someone. Um, and there are we could call a friend. We could call our, I like the gynecologist. I don't know why I didn't think about that, but it's like, hey, yeah, we could just call our gynecologist, right? Um, and see if if this is just being tired or if this is really entering into a space where we need more help. Yes, and you've already been super vulnerable with them. They birthed your <laughs> yeah, baby, right? you your vagina. Hello? So at this yeah. point, mm -hmm. They can give you support and they're just a phone call away. Yeah. And also kind of silly, but sometimes just knowing that you're not alone and following people on social media that you connect with is also helpful. Just be like, oh, I'm really not alone. She Exactly what she is saying is speaking to me and deleting social media, depending on what you need. Because if you're going down that rabbit hole, just delete it not worth it. I think one of the things that you're saying when you're listing some of these are they're very introspective acts of self-care, whether it's journaling or meditating or things like that. And I think a piece of that is it's not necessarily always the external help. It's also the internal dialogue and the, the internal little uh, pep that you can give yourself that I've got this or I'm going to be okay. So I'm wondering if there's any internal dialogue or um, internal like reframing, cognitive reframing, we would call it in the therapy space that you have found is supportive for yourself or even just for what you've heard from your followers? Yeah. My number one mantra that I say daily is do what you can do and that's enough. Some days you shower, some days you don't. Some days your kid doesn't shower, it's fine. Some days you eat off the floor, it's fine. Most days you eat off the floor, it's fine. <laughs> like it is okay. Whatever you get done that day, you're kicking butt. You're good. It's 
it's knowing what fills your cup and putting that energy into there. If you have to shut your brain off and just binge watch a TV series, hell yeah, get it, girl. Whatever you need, it's okay. It's not a one-size-fits-all, like we said, and support is individualized, and you know yourself better than anybody does, and you know yourself before you had kids. What filled your cup then? When you didn't have any time, you were fully exhausted, before kids, what made you feel better? Kicking it old school and just going pre-kids is an amazing insight as well, and sometimes it's just sitting in silence and saying, I love silence. It's so nice. <laughs> and even if that means your kids are sleeping in the house and you're sitting in the car, listening to nothing, whatever it is for you. So, and I do know that a lot of my followers, they have let me know that they didn't realize that self-love meant it was going to be hard and that it was not going to be linear and there's going to be more ups and downs and low, low lows, but at the end of the day, it is worth it because you're having this physical, emotional fight for yourself. And that is also normal. I think everybody thinks that, oh, I just, I got to self-love. I'm here. It's awesome. And it's not like that. So just know that you are worthy. You are loved. Your feelings are validated and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get on medication. It's okay to scream in your car. It's okay to have your kids watch you cry on the way to school. It's okay. It's teaching our kids that emotions are healthy and emotions are our body's way of letting us know what we need. Perfect. That's okay. Thank you so much for your wisdom. This has been fabulous. Thank you. Yes, of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. And I'm excited for everybody to be able to get a little insight on who they are and what their self-care is and needs and feel free to share any of the downloads with anybody in your life who may need them as well. Can you tell our listeners where to find you? Yes, I am on Instagram at selflovelegacy and my website is selflovelegacy.com. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful day. That's a wrap on this episode of the Bite Size Education Series, and we hope this new information provides you with a more critical lens when you hear mainstream diet culture messaging. You can connect with us on social media, on Instagram, at MomJeansThePodcast, and feel free to email your own listener questions to MomJeansThePodcast at gmail.com. If you loved the episode, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and recommend the episode to a friend. Sending you the inner strength to accept your jeans with a G and wear the jeans with a J. Bye. This episode of Mom Jeans was produced and edited by Rachel Coleman and Tina LaBoy. Just a reminder, this episode is not a substitute for therapeutic counsel or nutrition advice. Thank you to Jerry DePizzo for the music production. You can find episode information and show notes at www.momjeansthepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at momjeansthepodcast and join the Mom Jeans the Podcast Facebook group to find a community of mamas learning to love their bodies and discussing the episodes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mom Jeans. See you next time.